Lunchtime replay from Money FM 89.3. Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM 89.3. See, I told you I've got a lot of things to talk about this week on Hashtag Wanderlust. We're talking about birthday trips, and my birthday trip last year was Uzbekistan. So now I've introduced you to Tashkent, the capital. But the highlight of the Silk Road is when you get out of the capital. You leave the comforts of the city behind and venture out outside of Tashkent. You can fly all the way to the west to this place called Urgench. This is what I did. I flew all the way to the west from Tashkent. It's about an hour, an hour and a half flight. And then I took a 20-minute ride uh, from Urgench to this place called Kiva, a quaint little town with a lot to show for this Kiva place. Um, within its inner city wall, or the Ichankala, is a living museum. Now, in some buildings, they're dating back to the 10th century. Kiva was a pit stop during the golden age of the Silk Road, and it has stayed that way for centuries. I mean, the buildings there uh, have been so well-preserved. They, they're still standing, uh, believe it or not. Um, now, what's unique about Kiva is that, you know, within that ancient inner wall of Ichankala, people are still living in the homes inside the walled city among some of the world's best-preserved ancient Muslim-style buildings. You know what I'm talking about, those with courtyards in the middle, so they look quite plain outside. When you open the door, you go in and gorgeous courtyards and living spaces. Very beautiful. Um, and yeah, these are real people still living there. Um Kiva is also where you will find the Kalta Minar Minaret. Um, this is that blue turquoise colored minaret that was built halfway. Um, it is a landmark of Uzbekistan. So you've probably seen them in postcards or pictures or posters of Uzbekistan. And you see lots of it on my Instagram page because it's gorgeous. I love uh, the site of that Kalta Minar. Um, one of the ancient madrasas there is now a hotel right in the middle of town. A very interesting place to stay. Imagine that, staying in a madrasa. It's a quirky little hotel. I mean, a big hotel, I should say. Um, if you can book, book it. I believe it's called Asia Star, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, take a stroll around the city wall. Take a stroll in the back streets, and you will be brought back to the Middle Ages and how people used to live. Most people spend half a day, maybe just a little bit, like around they leave after lunch in Kiva. I'd say do three days and really take in the city. You know, it, it's there's not a lot of things happening. It's just that you're living within an ancient town, and that is magical. Catch the sunrise if you can. Catch the sunset from another vantage point. And just watch locals live their lives among the ancient buildings and markets um, because there aren't a lot of places in the world that's like this anymore. What I did the second time I went there, I stayed for five days. Uh, most mornings, I just sit by my balcony watching tourists come and go. My hotel balcony, that is, watching tourists come and go. And once they're gone, I go back into the town, uh, sit in this place. There's a cafe called Terrazza. It has a rooftop uh, sitting area, dining area, where I, I sat all day just watching the world go by, you know, set with a backdrop of this ancient buildings. It's really beautiful, magical. Uh, from Kiva, you can take a flight to Bukhara. It takes about an hour. Uh, these days, you can take a train, too. I was told about five hours down a regular train from uh, Kiva to Bukhara, another ancient city 
uh, along the Silk Road. Bukhara is well known as a trading post uh, during the ancient times. And until today, merchants are still uh, selling their wares and their goodies uh, inside the very same trading domes their ancestors traded in. Bukhara was also once the religious and spiritual capital of Central Asia, of the Muslim world. So the city is peppered with madrasas, big and small, and mosques all over the place, uh, holy places. Uh, many of them have been converted to hotels and museums, while the bigger madrasas in the central part of the old town really showcases the best of Islamic architecture intricate carvings, mosaics. Uh, Many of Bukhara's madrasas have also been recently restored. So their spick and span colors are jumping out uh, of those buildings and walls. Vibrant, very, very beautiful if you take pictures of them for your Instagram or for your own collection. Now, just a word of warning. Bukhara Central Area is poised to welcome busloads of tourists. They've already paved pedestrian walkways and lined them with souvenir shops, restaurants, and cafes. I can sense it. Tourists will be coming. So it's now a little bit touristy, but still beautiful and still a good place to visit. Just that, be aware. If you don't go now, you might have to elbow other tourists to take that perfect picture. Now, take a bullet train. It's called the Afrasiyab. It's Uzbekistan's uh, pride, really, this uh, bullet train from Bukhara to a city called Samarkand. It takes two hours. The train costs, uh, I'm not sure, it's not expensive. But uh, this is the city where you will find what's been described in the Middle Ages as the best town square in the world. And I'm talking about the majestic Registan in the heart of Samarkand. The Registan is a collection of three ancient madrasas sitting symmetrically across and adjacent from each other. Seeing it the first time will take your breath away. I promise you that. And it will be hard to take your eyes off this public square where they, where, where they stand. Really that beautiful. I saw it first at night. I was blown away. I saw it during the daytime. I looked at it again at nighttime when it was all lit up. Once again, there's a light show if you're there on a weekend. You know what? On my last day, I just sat there all day, sitting there all day looking at the symmetrical buildings, the three madrasas. You never get tired of it. And I even went back for more this year. So that's how beautiful this place is. What's equally beautiful in Uzbekistan are the people. This is a country with the friendliest people on earth that I've ever been to. Not joking here. It is safe and the people are friendly. You won't notice this at first because many of them don't really have a ready smile to flash or they don't even make eye contact with strangers. If they do, they're really staring at you because they've never seen somebody who looks like you before. But perhaps they're not sure because of the language, the language that you speak, or whether you will reciprocate their friendliness. The strangers I met, though, um, in Tashkent, for example, were ready to help a rare tourist like me uh, to help me find a money changer, get a SIM card even, even took me to a phone place to get a SIM card. And the people I've, I've never met before who didn't even speak English would take me, not just show me, okay? They took me to the Chorsu Bazaar um, physically because I couldn't find my way on the metro. 
that's really sweet, I think. Now, as you travel around the country, you get to meet many more people, young and old, interested to get to know you and where you're from. Many of them are interested to practice their language skills as well. If they speak English or Japanese or French and you speak some of those languages, they'll be very keen to help uh, to practice uh, what they know with you. I was told some are very curious to speak with foreigners because they rarely see foreigners, especially in more remote areas of the country. Now, as I made my way to some of the historic landmarks, people would tap me on my shoulder and ask for selfies and weefies with them, which was quite charming. You become, your, you, you, you become a celebrity there. Uh, no matter who you are, people would want to take pictures with you. Uh, and then you remain in contact through social media, a great way as well, because everyone there is on Instagram. So you kind of share pictures on Instagram, tag each other that way. Um, so when you're there, put your guard down. When you're traveling, even if you're alone, share a drink, share a meal, um, and get to know the people of Uzbekistan because they're really genuinely nice people. Uh, and you know what? I've made good friends and they've come and visited me in Singapore uh, in the past few weeks and we've had a lot of fun. Food. Yeah, you're interested in that, right? Well, the food of, of Uzbekistan is simple. The country's cuisine is mainly meat. Beef, lamb, chicken, and even horse. Yep, horse. The national dish is called plov, which is a plate of rice cooked for hours, or rather rice cooked in meat that's been stewed for hours. Meat that falls off the bone, really. Beef plov or lamb or chicken. uh, And then it has carrots that colors uh, this plov into orange. So... It's wonderful. It's usually eaten during the day, but these days you can get them uh, at night in many places as well. Not expensive. It's quite cheap. Bread as well. They eat the plov with bread. They eat everything with bread. Um, So try them out. Every region has a different kind of bread. Samarkand's bread is something to check out because it's this dense and heavy uh, bread that is rumored, well, old wives' tale perhaps, that this bread can last for a hundred years. 100 years or 100 days or 100 months. I don't know, but it's 100 something. The food is uh, an influence for many of uh, the people who have passed through Uzbekistan in the century. So you have noodles and pasta type of dishes as well. You've got dumplings called manti, um, stir fries, of, but they involve a lot of meat. So that's what it is. If you're a meat lover, you would love the food in Uzbekistan. If you're not, might be tough. They do have salads, but they're mostly simple, you know, cut fresh vegetables with herbs as dressing, not not your creamy, saucy dressing, but just a sprinkle of herbs. It's a tea drinking place as well. So every meal starts with a pot of green or, or black tea, sometimes sweetened, sometimes not. It's not a coffee place. It will, it will be very hard to find good coffee in Uzbekistan, but that's it. Um, you can really look at what I'm talking about and experience it on my Instagram page. That is, follow me, Timothy Go, and there underscore. There's a little blue tick to it, so that's me. Uh, and then I set up another one called Go Anywhere Tours, which is just going to be all about my Uzbekistan pictures. So find me there as well. I've got a lot more coming up on Hashtag Wanderlust when I come back from my birthday trip next week. So do stay tuned to Hashtag Wanderlust only here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. 
or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.